Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad. And I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. You're listening to the Relationships Made Easy podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Abby Metcalf, and we're at episode 67. You are listening to the Relationships Made Easy podcast with Dr. Abby Metcalf. Change your relationship even if your partner won't do a thing. And today, is all about the four ways to be more self-aware. So here's the deal. People who are self-aware are more fulfilled. They have stronger relationships, are more creative, more confident, and better communicators. (laughs) Get this, they're less likely to lie, cheat, or steal, and they do better at work and are more promotable. And this is all according to the research. Now, Earlier this month, I talked about the difference between being self-aware and being mindful because this is my whole self-awareness, mindfulness month of all that coming at you. And so all month I've been writing and podcasting and videoing all about why being mindful will bring you more happiness uh, in your life and certainly in your relationship. And I've talked about how being mindful will definitely make you more self-aware, of course. So, but today I'm going to tap the brakes on all the mindfulness and I'm really going to focus on my top tips for being more self-aware. So we're really going to just zone in there. And uh, so first I want to make sure that everyone listening knows about my YouTube channel. Do you know I have a YouTube channel? You get to see me in all my glory. Yeah. I, I hate videoing myself, but people like videos. So now these are called connection quickies and these are quick tips. So less than 10 minutes for deepening your connection with your partner and just tips for communicating better with others in general. So overall, so there are ways to connect everywhere in your life. And uh, so I really hope you get over there. We will link to my YouTube channel in the show notes, but you can just uh, search for Abby Metcalf PhD. That's me. And you will find my YouTube channel on YouTube. Okay. 
And next is my listener highlight. And this is from Anta in Love. <laughs> I love that handle. Do we still call them handles? Did I just age myself? Uh, and Anta said, I just found your podcast and I'm obsessed. Way to go. I like you being obsessed with my podcast. Uh, I'm so sick of those other relationship podcasts who are just a bunch of people who have no real degrees and just think they're experts and they're not. There's so much info out there and it's not, and it isn't easy to know what or who to trust, but you're the real deal, girl. <laughs> you've got the degrees, but you've also got a great way of putting the information out there. So it's understandable. You're the best. So thank you, Anta in love. And I hope you are in love, maybe because of the podcast. I don't know, but I'm really happy you found me. And thank you for the kind words. So lovely. And they mean a lot. And um, I really do appreciate it. So there's that. And then lastly, I'm going to tell you that I have a an awesome uh, little freebie, little free thing for you today to help you be more self-aware. It's a, a quick exercise you can do to help you be more self-aware. I'm super proud of this little exercise. I've been doing it for years with clients and it's, and with myself, by the way, and it's uh, super quick and easy to do and really highlights and helps with some self-awareness. Okay. So we're going to move right along then. And uh, basically, I'm going to start by saying this, uh, that there are two types of people, those, the people who think they're self-aware and those who actually are. And <laughs> according to research by uh, Tasha Yurik, if you haven't seen her um, TED Talk, by the way, so I'm going to link to that in the show notes too, uh, abbymedcalf.com forward slash podcast. This is episode 67. Uh, Tasha Yurik has a really cool TED Talk on self-awareness. It's very good with her research. And according to her, 95% of people think they're self-aware, but they're, <laughs> but the real number is closer to 10 to 15%. So that means, you know, right now as you're listening, you need to go, oh, I'm probably in that 10 to 15%. Don't be assuming you're in the 95%. Uh, so let's talk about, uh, we're going to talk about all that and how to get more self-aware, but also why you think you are and you're not. So, because I know a lot of you listening are like, how can that be? I've been to therapy. I've, I've watched Oprah. <laughs> I'm into the Super Soul Sundays. Come on. I pray. I meditate. The issue is that we have a ton that's hidden from our conscious awareness. I talk about consciousness and our subconscious all the time. And we don't realize it. But a lot of times we just feel something is true. So that's what we put out there. But there's actually not not proof of that. We're wrong a lot. And I say we because I do this too, of course. Um we think we're we're sure of something. It's and again, it's because of a feel, not because of actual facts. So I'm going to talk about this super cool experiment that uh, took place in the mid '70s. And these two psychologists, Timothy Wilson and Richard Nisbet, they conducted. It's one of the most famous social psychology experiments ever ever put down on paper. And it stands as definitely a testament to folks who think they're self-aware but really aren't. And so what these guys did was they set up a table just outside a store in downtown uh, Ann Arbor, Michigan, right? They, they set up this table and they placed four identical pair of pantyhose on the table. 
And then they asked people walking by to pick the one that was the best, you know, the one that had the best quality. Which of these four pair of pantyhose do you think are the best? And of course, they didn't tell them, hey, they're all they're the exact same pair. And now what what the what these psychologists, Wilson and, and Nisbet knew, but the folks walking by didn't, is that so there's been a lot of consumer research studies and they show that people prefer products placed on the right. I know, kind of, trust me, when you're going into a store shopping, everything is very well thought out for, things aren't just kind of thrown around. This research has been done over and over and this is what they're using. So when when there's something on the right, so if if you have four choices in front of you or two choices in front of you, you will generally pick the one on the right. And that's exactly what happened in this little experiment. People chose the pair of pantyhose on the far right the most often. And it was at a rate of four to one, just to give you an idea of how much more often we choose things on the right. So now when people were asked why they chose the pair on the far right, they'd give all kinds of reasons. So they they literally were making up reasons. They didn't realize they were, but they were. So they'd say, oh, it's the knit. It's the weave. It's the, oh, the sheerness, the elasticity. Oh, the workmanship is just better on that one. They'd have all these great reasons for why they chose the one on the far right. So they created these reasons. So obviously, because the four pair are exactly the same. These are all the same pair of pantyhose. There is no difference. So they basically were feeling something was true and then created evidence to back that up and came up with all those other things about the workmanship and everything else without realizing it. And here's my favorite part of this. Here's the kicker. Even when the researchers told the people about this effective positioning, you know, like, hey, most people choose the one on the far right, people refused to believe it. And they stuck to their made up reasoning. <laughs> they said things like, well, well, okay, that might be true, but but I chose this one because of X, Y, or Z. They, they still had these reasons. So now I want you to take a minute right now as you're listening and think about how this applies to your relationship. How many times have you made up reasons and created proof of something without realizing it? Again, the research says you've done it quite a bit. And that's the thing. But we're so sure in our heads of things. We we tell these ourselves these stories. We create these quote unquote truths. And that's not really what's going on. So basically, your conscious mind is a chump. I'm just going to say it. I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it with love. But I'm going to tell you that your conscious mind is a chump. So <laughs> if you've been following my stuff for any length of time, you know that I talk again, a lot, a lot about our subconscious brain and how it drives so much of our lives without us realizing it. And you've heard me say that our conscious brains process information at approximately a rate of 50 bits per second, of 50 pieces of information per second. Well, our unconscious brains process information at a rate of 11 million bits per second. So if you really think of that, <laughs> uh, it's huge, right? And again, I don't think it's the first time you've heard me say that, but I repeat it for a reason. And one of the things that's kind of cool, and one of the reasons I'm mentioning it again now, is that I actually picked up that little fact from one of my favorite books of all time called Strangers to Ourselves, which was written by Timothy Wilson, one of the researchers I just mentioned who did this little pantyhose experiment. 
<laughs> with Nisbet. And uh, I'll link to that in the show notes too. It's a great book. It's been around a long time. So it's, but it's, to me, it stands the test of time. And people have asked me about this whole ratio thing because I do talk about it so much. And I wanted to just take a minute and give full credit to Wilson uh, for that. And I, I never pretend it's mine, my quote, but my research. But <laughs> just in case, you know, I also don't actually say Timothy Wilson's, this is Timothy Wilson's uh, research. And and so what his research showed, you know, let me just be really clear, is that we actually process these 11 million bits of information through all five of our senses, which makes sense, I'm sure to you. They And they calculated the number by counting the number of receptors on each sense organ, you know, through, through your sense of smell, your eyes, your ears, et cetera, right? And the nerve signals being sent to the brain. That's how they calculated that 11 million bits going, going in. So I just want to be really clear, it's real science, it's not made up, it's, you know, and it's been replicated. So, uh, and I've had... People over the years fight me on the stat because they just find it so hard to believe that their unconscious brains are running a vast majority of the show. So I wanted to really take a minute, step back and really show you where I got that from and why I use it so much. So now, and here's the example I pretty much always use when people are fighting me on this stat. <laughs> um because everyone has had this experience. So I want you to picture yourself, like let's say you're having a conversation with someone at a party. Maybe it's someone you want to date, you know, someone you think is really hot. And uh, if you're married listening to this, you, you shouldn't be doing this. But, but think back to your, to your current spouse. <laughs> think back to when you were first dating. So maybe, you know, you're at a party. It's really loud. There's a lot of noise going on. But you tune all that other noise out and you focus all your attention on this other person, right? Everyone's done this. We've been at a party, whether it's your partner or not. And you've just, there's been a lot of ambient noise going on, but you're focusing on this one thing, on this on this person. And you're giving them all your attention while you tune out all this other noise. Now, suddenly you hear your name in a conversation like off to your left. You just, you hear your name. It wasn't screamed or yelled. No one yelled it. You just, you hear someone say it though. It's pretty clear. And your attention's diverted because you heard your name. You, oh, you know, you're like Scooby-Doo, like, oh, you know, you sort of you pull your attention up. And it's diverted either briefly or completely. So either just for a second, you heard your name and you come back to the conversation or you heard your name and you're like, who said that? What's going on? And you actually leave the conversation to go figure that out. So here's my question to you. How did you hear your name? How come you heard it? Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. 
does this mean you weren't really listening during your conversation? Does, does it mean you weren't listening actually? No, no, it's, you could certainly have been listening completely during the conversation. It's just that your brain is always pulling in lots of information and your unconscious brain is fielding the majority of it. But sometimes if it thinks something's important enough, it will pop it into your conscious brain. It'll go, hey, 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 here's that thing <laughs> that you've been focusing on. I've talked about this before with, you know, if, you, if you're looking to buy a, a car, a particular kind of car, and you suddenly see that car everywhere, because again, your, your unconscious knows that it's something your conscious brain thinks is important. And so it's, it, it reminds you, it kind of lifts you to, it lifts your attention to that thing. So, and your name is one of those things that your unconscious brain thinks is very important if someone's calling you or someone's trying to get your attention. So it's, all of this sums up the reason you're not as self-aware as you think. That's, I'm saying all this so you get that there's so much going on in your unconscious brain. There's so much going on that you're not aware of. It's happening below the surface and uh, you're, you don't, see it all. So this means that in your relationship, the same thing is happening. There is lots of stuff going on that your conscious brain isn't aware of. So there's things that your partner is saying or not saying or doing or not doing that you're perceiving or seeing as a fact, as truth, but really it's not. You're sure that they they meant to, you know, I know what you meant. I hear this all the time from people. Well, I know what he was really saying, or I know what she was trying to say, or I know. No, you don't. Stop it. Cut it out. <laughs> Get over yourself. You, the, the Again, the problem is all this directing that you think your conscious brain is doing that it's not. <clears throat> so what's happening is your unconscious brain is telling you things. It's sometimes, uh, again, lying to you. Uh, your conscious brain, sorry, is like lying to you because you're, you're, but your unconscious is truly picking up on much more. So maybe your unconscious is focused on something or thinking about something or pulling in some information and then you're sort of translating that into your conscious brain as something that's not true or not real. And so this stuff happens all the time. So you really have to get that. You're picking the the pantyhose on the far right and not realizing why. <laughs> and you're making up all kinds of reasons why, but that's not why. It's something else. So so what do you do, right? So how what can you do? How can you become more self-aware so you can understand these strengths and limitations better because there's strengths here too, people. It's not just that all, you know, you're all screwed up and you don't know anything. There's definitely strengths here, but there's, again, there's also these limitations. You, you want to be more self-aware so you can have a deeper understanding of your habits and your why. You want to understand your why so that you can become really a better communicator, a better partner, just a better person overall, a better colleague, a better, you know, sister, brother, aunt, uncle, whatever, a better parent. When you're more self-aware, you are so much better at this stuff. And let me just say, as we're more self-aware, our self-control increases greatly. And I've said this once, I'll say it a thousand times, that your happiness depends upon your ability to resist urges, to have self, basically to have self-control, to be aware. When you can resist an urge, the urge to scroll through Facebook when you're supposed to be working, the urge to eat something, you know, that you're not trying to eat because you're trying to eat healthier, the urge to sit on the couch instead of go to the 
go to the gym or work out or go play with your kids. Those urges that we get, you're not even aware of them as maybe as like an urge. It may be like food. We often understand that we're craving something, but a lot of times we have urges and we don't even let them get again to our conscious brains. They're happening in our subconscious. So really what's happening is that you're I see it all the time. People are in my office and they're uncomfortable with something we're talking about or uh, we're getting to something that's a little deeper and I'll watch them. I have a lot of pillows in my office. Those of you who've seen my videos can see all the pillows and uh, people pull pillows under their lap. I always have snacks in my office. People will start to eat. People will start to fidget. They'll start to suddenly look at their phone or pull their phone out for no apparent reason. Um, People take deep breaths when I'm saying something. That happens a lot. Someone will be like, okay, yeah. You know, you you take a deep breath. And I I pretty much always point out, I'll say, oh, good breath. Um, Folks that have (laughs) worked with me know like, oh, is that why she says that? I say it a lot. I call attention to it because it means something. Again, your subconscious is doing some work, your unconscious brain. And that your conscious brain isn't aware of. And so a lot of times you're not aware that you're reaching for a pillow or a food or whatever. And that that's what's happening in the background. And again, all these things affect your relationships and they affect your happiness levels tremendously. So upping your self-awareness is huge. And that's why I had, remember all those... Um, great stats I mentioned in the beginning, right? That people who are more self-aware, they're more fulfilled. They have stronger relationships. They're more creative, more confident, better communicators, right? All that good stuff is happening when you're more self-aware. Again, that's according to the research. And it's it's because of everything I'm just saying. It really changes your game. So let's get into it. <laughs> let's talk about how to raise your self-awareness. So these are my top four tips and they're pretty simple. Uh, and I let, let, let's just dig right in. So self-awareness tool number one is I call it take a look in the mirror. And <laughs> this is a great tool to be more self-aware overall. It's a really good one. And you're you, this is the one people like the least. So <laughs> I'm just going to start with it to get it over with. It I want you to start noticing who pisses you off in your day-to-day interactions. Yeah. Who bugs you? Who is so annoying? Who gets under your skin? It is very common to be annoyed by qualities in someone that we don't like in ourselves, but aren't necessarily aware of. And these qualities are probably blind spots. You might not realize that these are the things you need to work on. You might not be aware of them. Um, Or you might be aware of them and you just still are still struggling. So it's a good thing to notice and be more self-aware when they come up. And I know right now you're thinking of, and I I want you to do it, think of the last person that pissed you off. And maybe it's because, oh, they acted so arrogant or so full of themselves or they were, uh, you know, they always think they're right. They're so controlling. They can't let anything go. Whatever it is, um, I need you to look in the mirror with that and say to yourself, "Oh, is that? How do I do that? How am I controlling? How do I act um, with my ego?" And, and arrogant is one of those things uh, that you might not act necessarily arrogant, but you might have your ego out front. You know, you're and you're you're defending yourself. You're protecting yourself. So whatever it is, look in the mirror. And so when it happens, notice it and go, "Ooh, this person's pissing me off. What's happening here? What what's uh, resonating with me? Why why why? You know, what is going on that this is 
hitting me on such a way that it makes me crazy. <clears throat> and I talk about a lot. If someone came up to you, uh, if you're a super, let's say you're super thin and you know you're thin, it's not your issue. And someone came up and said, you're like, whoa, you need to lose some weight, dude. Like, wow, you're you're pretty chubby, you know? And they start talking like that. You'd look at them like they were crazy. You'd look at yourself and go, I don't know what you're talking about. You are, and, and the other person becomes crazy. They become totally crazy. You're like, I don't know what you're talking about because it's not something that's true to you. So you, you, you put it on the other person. Now, if something is true to you, if someone came up and said, and maybe said that, like, you know, your, your control issues are a big problem and you need to really look at those. Um, you're trying to control everybody around you and you got to stop. If, if you are controlling, that'll hit you and you might get angry. You might get, well, you know, you're controlling too, or, you know, I'm not that controlling, or you might defend it or whatever. It's because it, it, it rings true. So now you get angry at the other person as opposed to thinking they're crazy. And that, that's kind of how that works. So, so tool number one is take a look in the mirror. <laughs> if, if things are happening on the outside, if people are pissing you off or bugging you or embarrassing you or getting under your skin, try to take a look in the mirror and think, how is that reflected in me? Okay. Self-awareness tool number two, and this is something, um, my freebie today is this exercise. And I have a great little, it's literally like a, a three minute little video that you can download to show you how to do this exercise. And it's super simple and it's very effective. So basically it's a life timeline exercise. And over about, I don't know, last 10 years, you know, decade or so, there's been this newer field of research called narrative identity, okay? And so that's emerged over the last 10 years. And basically, it's the idea that the, the stories we tell ourselves are a direct reflection of our personalities. So basically, if you change the story, you actually can change your personality characteristics. I know, kind of crazy, right? And so your narrative identity is basically the story of your life. It's it's how you understand what's happened in your world and how you understand this, this narrative, this story contributes immensely to uh, what actions you do or don't take, what goals you do or don't set for yourself. I mean, everything. It's amazing uh, how much that plays in. So, and there's a lot of challenges in your life story and how you confront and deal with those challenges is absolutely a major shaper of who you are. Do the challenges come and you tend to avoid them? Do the challenges come and you fight every single battle till you're, you know, you die on every hill? Uh, <laughs> what, you know, or do you do it in a really healthy, great way? You know, what, what's, your, what's your way? So taking some time to write down what you consider to be the people, the events, the experiences that have had the greatest impact on your life is a huge step towards identifying how you've shaped your life story, how you've explained how things have happened to you. So I'm going to, I really want you to come uh, abbymedcalf.com forward slash podcast. Again, this is 67. And I really want you to check out how I, I do this so easily because I think people hear this and they're like, oh God, I got a, I got an essay for hours and write and it's paragraphs. Nope. I do it like on a little timeline, literally like a line <laughs> where you sort of jot notes and it's really effective. It's a, it's a great way to look. And once you do that, you can see themes, you can see oh, I've got a lot 
uh, I have you do the more positive experiences above the line and the more negative ones below the line. And sometimes you'll notice that everything seems negative or everything seems positive. And it's it just, again, great information for self-awareness. Like, oh, or maybe you notice that all the major events in your life, when you have them visually, you might notice that everything involved your brother and then your brother died and then there was this change or whatever. You might notice that everything involved food, if you're me. <laughs> You might notice everything or involves travel or, you know, it's just a great exercise to do to really be more self-aware. It'll definitely raise your self-awareness in a, in a great way. So uh, come on over to the website, check it out. Totally want to get you that, but you can do it on your own too, uh, for sure. You don't have to. And, you know, my stuff is always free, the stuff I tell you to download. Um, okay. Uh, tool number three, self-awareness tool number three is a super simple one. Ask for feedback. Yeah. We all have traits that other people see and we don't see ourselves. These are your blind spots. We all have them. There's nobody. I have them. You have them. We all have them. (laughs) It's like everybody poops. Everybody has a blind spot. It just is what it is. So learning how other people see you, you know, do you see yourself as others see you? And if if not, you can address the blind spots. And the way you do that is by receiving honest feedback. But here's the key from people you trust. People you trust. <laughs> it So often I'll have someone in my office, this is the most common, and they'll say to me, well, uh, so-and-so says, you know, that uh, I'm, you know, that I'm a horrible person and, you know, I don't deserve to live that, you know, whatever. And I'm thinking, okay, so I'm your therapist who you trust and you've known. I don't say that. Your partner doesn't say that who you've trust and know, right? Your maybe your mother doesn't say that. Maybe this is like some friend who's actually jealous of you who says this stuff. And yet that's the person you're listening to. It's insane. That is not who you need feedback from. You need feedback from people who you can trust, who genuinely have your back, uh, genuinely, genuinely have your back. And that's who you listen to. And I will say receiving feedback is hard. I ask for it a lot and I don't like it. I, I, I never have. <laughs> I actually, it's not true. I actually love feedback. Um, I don't like asking for some reason. It's that moment sometimes where I'm like, ah, uh, it depends on the, the, where, you know, the, context, but I really do love feedback, I have to say. And I've been told, I have to, that's one of the things I've been told about myself is that um, I, I take feedback really well. So let's hope that's true. Um, and because I think, again, depending on the, what, where I am, it, it's, I find it super duper helpful. So uh, uh, getting help, getting feedback though can be hard. Um, so because okay there's a, there's a great book called thanks for the feedback by a woman named Sheila Heen she's at Harvard i think um and she talks about how there's three main triggers that prevent learning and those are relationship triggers identity triggers and truth triggers so so <laughs> and and so that's the deal like when we're asking for feedback there there's kind of correct ways to do it. And to me, this the simplest thing is to understand that we're often triggered by feedback and that, again, you have to ask for feedback from people you actually trust. Um, and if you do feel defensive, try to think about why you do. You know, 
and often it's because of one of those triggers. If, you, if you're getting defensive, it's usually because it's some sort of relationship trigger, some kind of identity trigger, meaning something that's screwing with who we think we are, right? People are telling us something different. It's like, no, I'm a very giving, generous person. What do you mean I'm selfish? Wait, hold on. Uh, and that's when we kind of buck against that. And again, these sort of truth triggers, these sort of b- bigger things about ourselves that we don't want to look at. So, okay. So that's, that's uh, tip number three. And then tip number four comes from, I mentioned Tasha Yurik earlier, who did that great TED Talk. Again, it's linked in the show notes. And her research on uh, self-awareness, in her research, she found, you know, they interviewed all these different people to figure out who was, aware, who was truly self-aware and who wasn't. And the common denominator uh, they found among people who, who actually were self-aware, <laughs> didn't just think it, but were, uh, the common denominator that separated those folks uh, was one thing, and that the self-aware people asked what and not why. So a quick and easy way to be more self-aware is to change why to what questions. So, you know, the classic is instead of asking, why did this happen to me? You could start asking, what could I do now to move forward? So see that, so get out of the why and the why, be, and you can think about that because the why is sort of blaming. Why? Why is this happening? Why is this going on? There's sort of this idea that we don't have um, control. And if you're asking why, it means you don't understand yourself or how you got in the situation to begin with or what's happening around you. You know, so the self-awareness is really about the, okay, what, so I'm here, you know, here we are doing this thing. You're not fighting the reality. You're just like, here it is. I, I don't necessarily like it, but I'm not going to fight it. So what can I do to move forward? Or what could happen next? Or what's one thing I could say to make this better? What's one thing I could do to, to move the needle? Whatever, whatever that is, the what questions are wonderful. So there you go. So the top four tips again are basically taking a look in the mirror, seeing what pisses you off and looking at yourself. The timeline exercise, which you can... Uh, Come download here at abbymetcalf.com forward slash podcast. This is episode 67. Asking for feedback, asking for honest feedback from people you trust and asking what, not why questions. And there you have it. That is everything today. The, my top four tips for being self-aware. Thank you. Thank you for coming on by and hanging out with me. I love my, I love the podcast. I love hanging out with you. Uh, I really do. It's one of my favorite things to do is, is doing my podcast and talking to you guys and getting your feedback. It, it means the world. So that's it. Have a great week and we'll talk real soon. Thanks for listening to the Relationships Made Easy podcast at www.abbymedcalf.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.